0: Make your business official with Google and Squarespace. When you create a custom domain and a beautiful business website with Squarespace, you'll receive a free year of business email and professional tools from Google. It's the simplest way to look professional online. Visit squarespace.com slash Google to start your free trial. Use the offer code WORKS for 10% off your first purchase. Google and Squarespace. Make it professional. Make it beautiful.
1: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know. From
0: HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark with Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and Jerry is over there. So, this is stuff you should know. The podcast. Something large on my chest. It's the devil. It's the devil. Is it? Hey, Chuck, you okay? What happened? Uh, you were just having what's known as sleep paralysis, buddy. Whoa. It was close to it, but my touch, my gentle touch broke you out of it. That actually soothed me. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm just kidding, people. I was acting. That was stagecraft. Yeah. And, uh, we were, well, we weren't debating because I was wrong, (laughs) but we were talking about whether or not we had done this yet. We have not. Uh, like I
0: said, I was wrong. We've bitten around the edges of it so much that I feel I like, see how you would think. Yeah,
1: it. I feel like if you pulled every little bit of sleep paralysis out of all of the episodes where we've talked at it. Uh-huh. Talked at it? We, we talked at <laughs> it, not about it. <laughs> you go away, sleep
0: paralysis. Well, uh, uh, the most recent one was either exploding head. Probably. Or night terrors. Yeah. Um And we specifically stopped talking about sleep paralysis so that we could save it for the actual episode. Yeah, those are always good ones. So finally, here it is. Like, we'll
1: be on an interesting train of thought and say, no, 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 Stop, stop. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's exactly what we did, too. I remember the first time this came up was in transmagnetic stimulation, the thinking cap one. Yeah, this has popped up a lot. Yeah. Well, it's pretty interesting stuff. Agreed. And it's been around a while. You know, um, the word nightmare, we use that to describe, like, bad dreams. It's actually incorrect usage. Oh, yeah? Nightmare was originally intended specifically to describe sleep paralysis. Huh. Because night means night. Sure. Then mare or Mayor M-A-E-R-E, that extra E in there really messes it up. Yeah. But it's old English, so I don't know if I pronounce it correctly or not. And neither is anyone else alive, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but that um, that specifically means an incubus. And an incubus was a type of devil, like the one that was just sitting on your chest, a male, a sex-crazed male demon. I didn't who, specify that. Who would... Uh, well, I'm just making assumptions here. Okay. Who would come to you while you were sleeping and uh-huh. sit on your chest and maybe kill you, try to kill you, and you couldn't do anything about it. Uh, yeah. I'm into I'm into the succubus and the incubus. <laughs> okay. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm open-minded. <laughs> but that's exactly right. The incubus is the male version of the succubus, or the old sex-crazed hag that sits on your chest. So this yeah. this whole idea of, of, of this has been a, around for a very long time. It's steeped in the supernatural, and we're only just now starting to figure out what sleep paralysis is. And to me, it's even more interesting now that we understand it a little more.
1: Yeah, I did not know the exact definition of incubus mm-hmm. until this uh, research, and now I hate that band even more. Do you? Yeah.
0: Sixth six re- crazed demon, yeah. male demon. I wonder if that's what they were going for. If they were just like, oh, that, that it no. sounds cool. No, I'm sure they knew. Yeah. Well, I'm hats off to them for realizing that. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> making a, a medieval era nod. In they they might have just thought it sounded cool. Who knows? Uh, I'm who am I I'm
1: thinking you're right. I clearly know nothing about good band names.
0: That's not true. I thought you always come up with good band names. No.
1: Well, I don't know if other people agree. They're good to me.
0: Has someone been? No. Oh, okay. No, no one's dogging Has someone me for been the mean names. on Facebook. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I should say about that. No, but my own band name is not. No, I like it. But El
1: chipo We're named after a gas station. Where? El chipos are. I know in the south, like South Carolina, mm-hmm. and like I've seen them in Savannah. Okay. I coastal. I, southeast. I, I
0: thought that was a coincidence.
1: They're El Cheapo. Oh no, it is.
0: It is a coincidence.
1: It is, but people send me pictures of El Chipo gas stations, which I always delight in. So
0: you're not named after a gas station? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Because
1: then we would be ExxonMobil, because that's a great band name. Gotcha,
0: sure. Everybody loves Exxon. Uh huh. What have they ever done? Nothing.
1: (laughs) All right. So um, the the strict definition, I guess it's not strict, but the definition we're going to give. And where did you get this article? This is good.
0: Oh, yeah. We better shout this out. This is straight out of the British Psychological Society's journal. I could tell it was British. It was, yeah, because they say whilst and stuff like that. Yeah. Way off. <laughs> um, but it was written by Julia Santamaro and Christopher C. French. And I believe they're both sleep paralysis experts. So I know for sure Professor French is, because I also saw a video of him on Vimeo. Yeah. Um Just basically talking about this. And he had a
1: sweater on that said expert.
0: Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So sleep paralysis,
1: how they define it, and I agree, is it's a period of transient, consciously experienced paralysis, either when going to sleep or waking up. And um, I think I was under the misguided notion that it was almost always in the transition of waking up. And it sounds like it's even more common Mm -hmm. when you're going uh, into sleep, and that is the uh hypnagogic stage right. as opposed to the hypnopompic stage right coming out awake, of sleep yeah so i think I, I don't know why i got that impression but i think i was wrong
0: i had the same impression oh yeah yep
1: it probably came from us each other <laughs> <laughs> probably so have you ever had
0: sleep paralysis
1: no you um neither but i did want to mention that i did uh, told you i had an exploding head syndrome mm-hmm. uh experience after we did that show right Two or three nights later, it happened to me for the first time ever.
0: Yeah, I, I was worried about getting this last night. I was yeah. like, oh, I don't want this.
1: Well, that that's a bad way to go about it. Yeah. Because I'll get it in your head.
0: Yeah. And we should say it's actually, like you said, it's kind of common, right?
1: Well, I mean, depends on who you ask. I've seen everywhere from a third to half of people that might experience this at least once. Mm-hmm. But I think as far as chronic, uh, uh, chronically, it's... Not nearly that common.
0: No, it's something like. Um, do
1: we have stats on that?
0: Yeah, they're in here somewhere. Something like three percent, three to six percent of the general population experience what's called isolated sleep paralysis.
1: And that's if you don't have narcolepsy.
0: Yeah, that was the big thing I didn't realize is that sleep paralysis is a, a major symptom of narcolepsy. Which yeah. we should do <laughs> a show. Yeah. <laughs> That came up, and I was like, well, that just replaced sleep paralysis as the show we got to do. Yeah,
1: I had a great aunt, uh, great aunt Laura from Mississippi, that had narcolepsy. No, really? Yeah, and I didn't get to see her a lot in life. This was my father's mother's sister. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember very specifically my brother and I going like one time to Jackson, Mississippi, or Tupelo, I think, Mm -hmm. where she lived when I was like 12. Yeah. And she would do the, you know, she would nod off while talking to us and wake back up and finish her sentence.
0: So it was like she wasn't even aware that she'd nodded off?
1: No. And, um of course, you know, I thought it was funny at the time. I was a little <laughs> kid, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. Sure. It can probably be quite dangerous.
0: I imagine so. Yeah. I would guess kind of hard to come by a driver's license if you are diagnosed with narcolepsy. I don't think Aunt
1: Laura drove. Yeah. She was one of those that... Probably wouldn't have driven anyway. Oh,
0: gotcha. You know, she's like like a Strickland type. Yeah, you know, she's just... like oh, I don't want to drive. Come pick me up.
1: <laughs> she was just uh, like we had to take the keys from my grandmother. That kind of thing.
0: When she was drinking? No, when she was
1: <laughs> when she was got to an age where she couldn't oh, I see drive safely. Yeah, it was. She we were like, Grandma you can't drive anymore.
0: You know, in Japan they have these very prominent like magnets or stickers that you put on a car. Um, one's like a triangle. I can't remember what the other one is, but maybe on board one means kind of <laughs> yeah, um, but no, not at all, right? It's um, one means uh, this is a new driver, yeah, like usually a teen driver, so everybody steer clear, mm-hmm. and then the other means this is a very elderly driver, so everybody steer clear. I would love one of those on my car. It, it's like I don't understand why this isn't universal, yeah, you know,
1: it makes perfect sense, yeah. I would like one just to keep people away from me.
0: <laughs> just to leave you alone? Yeah, like back off. You put on like, like uh, what was the guy's name from Phantasm? Oh, I don't know. Angus something? <laughs> yeah. You put on a little wig like his, a little skull cap <laughs> while you're driving, just to really drive it home? Uh, that was a an accidental pun just now. I, I didn't even catch it. I said you, you put it on while you're driving just to drive it home. Oh. Like to drive the point home.
1: Yeah, and I made a really good accidental pun when we were talking about hunting, and I said my dad didn't hunt. I said it's not like he was—he not was trying to take a stand, or mm. he wasn't trying to take a stand, <laughs> as in a deer stand. Yeah, totally that. Uh All right, so the deal with sleep paralysis is how you know that you're experiencing it is uh, you can open your eyes, uh, you're conscious, but you are aware that you can't—you can't move. You can't move your body. I mean, it kind of varies between severity and individual mm-hmm. experience. Right. But the common thing is is that you can't move. You feel paralyzed. Sometimes you can't even make a noise. Yeah. It's that bad.
0: And And the problem with not being able to make a noise is that it particularly sucks in instances like this because you want to scream. Yeah. Because most of the time when you are experiencing sleep paralysis, you are in the grips of terror like yeah. you wouldn't ever normally experience. You are scared out of your mind. You have an impending sense of death. Yep. Um, and you have all sorts of hallucinations. Basically, of every every sense could conceivably hallucinate, right? Yeah. So you have auditory hallucinations where you hear something in the room with you. There's, I should say there's also like a, a sense of presence, I guess.
1: Of like another thing?
0: Yeah, there's something in the room. Usually, it's something that means you harm. Yeah. So, you sense its presence. You might also hear it. You probably also see it, and uh-huh. it can be anything from like that succubus or incubus sitting on your chest. Um, or both, if things are getting a little kinky. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're like, you're both here? Yeah. I didn't think you'd find out about each other. And you're like, well, let me wake my wife, but I can't move. <laughs> right. So you're just sitting there <laughs> laying like, this is getting weird. And She's going to be so mad. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you can smell them. Yeah. You can taste them. There's something called gustatory hallucinations. Yeah. Um, and then also the sense of feeling, like of moving and um, of pressure on your chest. Like you you feel all this stuff, like you're experiencing it.
1: Yeah. And um, I think pressure is one of the big ones, like s- someone sitting on you. Right. Uh, not allowing you to move. So um, our own Robert Lamb wrote an article about this on our site, too. Not about the full thing, but about like, why is it, uh, why are they demons usually? Okay. And that was kind of one of my questions that why is it usually a malevolent spirit Mm -hmm. and why isn't it, you know, whatever, some fantasy. Right.
0: Which is like, uh, a rod saying like, Hey, you want to go play catch or something like that? That that would be yours. No. Okay. (laughs) Isn't he like the most hated man on the planet now for some reason?
1: Oh, I mean he kinda went his end of his career, he was not very well liked. Why? What did he do? I didn't pick up on it. He did a lot of steroids and lied about it for years. Oh oh gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. He was like a repeat offender that consistently was like, I'm I not see. doing steroids.
0: I see. I don't know why all these drug tests are saying I did. <laughs> right. They're like, You have a syringe in your arm.
1: <laughs> um Robert said, and you know, he didn't like make this up, but his research indicated that um Someone's beliefs going into it might uh, conjure up these negative connotations, and when the experience itself is marked by like a pulse rate increase and in labored breathing, sometimes mm-hmm. and these it doesn't lend itself to like a good experience.
0: Right, right. Because um, so Professor French concurs with Robert. Right. He's he was saying like the the fear being usually a hallmark of the sleep paralysis uh, paralysis experience. Is not just you're afraid because you can't move and there's something in the room with you. That's part of it. Yeah. But he's saying your amygdala is also hyperactive right then. So you're experiencing fear on like its own terms. Right. It's like its own freestanding symptom. Uh-huh. That, that even if like this, even if it was lucky the leprechaun, you'd still be super afraid that he was in the room with you kind of thing. Because yeah. you're, you're like that region of your brain that's that's delivering these jolts of fear to you is working overtime.
1: Then it becomes that bad leprechaun movie. Yeah, yeah. The one Jennifer saw. Aniston. Oh, was she in that? Yeah. Yeah, I never saw those.
0: I never did either.
1: Um, well, and it had also said, speaking of movies, that like your own like, what kind of pop culture you're into. Like sure. all this stuff can play into it because they are, it's sort of like an extension of a dream. Right. So, um, if it's, you know, agitated by like labored breathing and rapid pulse rate and a nightmare, right. Then it's not going to be, uh, you know, A Rod floating in onto your chest <laughs> with, with a baseball <laughs> Unless track. you're
0: super scared of him, <laughs> then it might be. So let's take a break, man, and then we'll come back and talk about some of like the cultural interpretations of what the heck's going on here, okay? Sounds good. <laughs> So Chuck, remember we were talking about like how nightmare is like an old English term for sleep paralysis? Yeah. It's been around for a while and there's, it's basically, it seems to be universal. Yeah. And so since it's uh, interpreted by the person based on like what their culture believes in, um, there've been like different interpretations of sleep paralysis throughout history and cultures around the world. And they're. Pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, and I th- and most of them, the common thread here is that, uh, and even in modern terms, they're described this way sometimes. But definitely in the olden days, it was almost always some sort of supernatural right thing, like a witch or uh, in Norwe or I'm sorry, Newfoundland. Yeah, uh, they called it the old hag, uh-huh. which is creepy. Just hearing that. And uh, China, the ghost oppression. Uh, because apparently the Chinese believe that you're, you're very vulnerable, your soul is, when you're, uh, asleep. So I think that's sort of the common thread here There's, in all these countries.
0: There was a, I took an anthropology class and I can't remember what it was talking about in general, but one of the things that seemed to pop up around the world was something called spirit intrusion. Yeah. Like when you're sleeping, your spirit got up and walked around and if like the tether between your spirit and your body was severed you were like anybody could come and possess you wow and it was a big like that, that was a big explanation for mental illness in cultures around the world so i thought that was interesting that that was also an explanation for um for sleep paralysis too
1: yeah it, i think it kind of depends on whatever the the leading ghoul is in your country sure. and region uh because in europe of course, in the 1500s uh, through the 1700s, it's going to be witches. You were witch-ridden. Uh, there was uh, at one of the witch trials in 1747. Uh, this woman testified about her husband in bed, and he said he was laying there stiff, barely drawing breath. And he woke up, and he said, My Lord Jesus, help me. Oh, fiery witches, took me to Maramaros and they put 600 weight of salt on me. <laughs> Uh, which we're laughing at, but if you break it down, that has all the hallmarks uh-huh. of all the different hallucinations, whether it's traveling or the weight on your chest, right. or, uh, you know, the, the, all the, these tactile the yeah, hallucinations, like wrapped up into one nightmare.
0: Sure. With exclamation points. <laughs> yeah, there were, weren't there? Um, in, uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. In, um, St. Lucia, the Caribbean island, they have a term called Kokma and they think that it's the little unbaptized babies who are haunting the area wow. that are that are causing sleep paralysis or doing all sorts of horrible things to you while you're sleeping but you're not sleeping we should re- i want to restate this again cuz it's I, a little confusing yeah when you're experiencing sleep paralysis you're laying there and your eyes are open and you know that something's in the room with you maybe it comes over and climbs on your chest when it does, you can feel its breath in your face. Yeah. You can smell and taste its rank breath. <laughs> you can feel the pressure of it laying on your chest. Uh-huh. It's staring you in the eyes. And you cannot move. Not only can you not move, you can't make a sound as much as you're trying to scream your head off because you are scared out of your mind. Yeah. And this experience can last from a few seconds to, I've seen up to 10 minutes. Yeah. And- from anecdotally, each second of those 10 minutes feels like a decade. Oh, I'm sure. Because you're just so scared and it's just going on and on and on. Yeah. So um, it makes total sense that you would say, uh, there was a spirit in my room last night.
1: Yeah, because if not, you you think I'm losing my mind. Right. So let's blame it on... I mean, we'll get into some of the other reasons, but yeah, blame it on something else.
0: Right. Like in, in Japan, uh, kanashibari, um is now they believe that it's evil spirits messing with you. Same thing in Korea with uh, Hawi Nulita. Hawi Nulita. Nice. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good pronunciation.
1: And like we said, though, these are all sort of versions of the same thing. Right. Um, No matter where you go, which I always find interesting. Yeah. Like these sort of universal regional things.
0: And then most recently, though... The, and this is where I think we first came into sleep paralysis with the transcranial magnetic stimulation episode. Yeah. Was that um, it, it, it's to blame for basically every UFO abduction account.
1: Oh, yeah. Was that where we talked about it? Uh-huh. For sure. Um, they have done studies and they found that if you, uh, I think if you believe in alien abductions, if that's part of your belief system. Right. Then you are more, or or did they do the study of people that experienced sleep paralysis, and all of them believed,
0: you know, maybe in UFOs? I think they did the reverse. The reverse. People who report having been abducted by UFOs, they experience sleep paralysis. Yes. Okay. They have a higher frequency of experiencing sleep paralysis. Gotcha.
1: So they just the people study this and they just fold their arms and go, "Mm,
0: okay. Right. Yeah. It was an alien. Yeah. (laughs) But there, I mean, apparently in the UFO lore, it sleep paralysis has been accounted for. So, like, you, when you're abducted, you remember being paralyzed before and after, um, but you, they wipe your memory of the actual, like, abduction out, uh. but they leave the sleep paralysis. And, like, I remember in X-Files, I think when Fox Mulder's sister was taken, like... She was levitated off the bed and like just stiff as a board floats out the window. Yeah. That's classic sleep paralysis symptoms where you can't move, yeah. and yet you still feel like you're floating and sure. you're moving, you're levitating, or that there's 600 weight of salt being put on your chest.
1: <laughs> um, I love salt, so that might
0: not be a bad thing. You'd be like, this is delicious <laughs> and terrifying. I just inch it up toward my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd that be the part that was making you crazy. Yeah, I couldn't get to it. <laughs> Uh, they
1: say it usually occurs when you are lying on your back in bed, although it can occur in any position at all, because one of the accounts, this article is cool because they have have first-hand accounts. Yeah. One of the guys was laying on his stomach, and he felt the demon, the incubus, I think, on his back. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe it was a succubus. I'm not sure. Um, and you can break it. Sometimes it happens on its own sometimes uh you can break it on your own on purpose right uh they recommend and this is a good idea i think they recommend to try and like instead of saying i got to get up and run out of here they say to try to like just blink or like lift your little finger or just any conscious movement that you can get can break that thing
0: yeah and apparently the moment you do that the spell is broken yeah um it's how it's been put forever um Herman Melville was the first I think to write about this in Moby Dick Ishmael recounts sleep paralysis that book again yeah <laughs> and then i think 25 or 50 years later the first time um it shows up in the medical literature yeah Silas Weir Mitchell who we know from the exploding head syndrome right. he also ex- he also described that for the first time too yeah this guy was like knocking out the parasomnias left and right oh yeah um but they both use this terminology that the spell is broken. All it takes is just the slightest stir and, and the sleep paralysis is over with. But the problem is you can't move. You can't make a sound. Um, they said to even try just clearing your throat. Yeah. But even that can be challenging. Yeah. But supposedly if you can even get just a little bit going. Yeah, yeah. You, you wake yourself up a little bit and then you can do it a little more and more and more. And then all of a sudden you're screaming. Yeah. And you've woken yourself up. Or if you can make a sound or a signal or something to get your partner help you something yeah. to notice that you are in the midst of sleep paralysis, all they have to do is just like touch you. Right. And it brings you back to reality or this reality.
1: Yeah. And it's not one of those things where, you know, it's dangerous to wake someone up experiencing sleep paralysis. Right. Isn't it like totally fine?
0: Yeah. That's the other thing about it is as terrifying and horrifying and just what a horrible experience it is. It's. Physiologically, it's harmless, aside from raising your blood pressure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess you could always, like, trigger a uh, cardiac arrest or something, maybe, but...
0: Right. Well, supposedly, it mimics um, having a heart attack. Oh, that's fun. In some ways. So you actually could be having a heart attack and, and think it was sleep paralysis. Or um, I think it also mimics uh, epilepsy in some ways. Right. Um, so diagnose, But if it is just actual sleep paralysis... It's harmless.
1: Well, yeah, and I know we did mention this. It might have been the transmagnetic, uh, transcranial magnetic yeah, yeah. simulation yeah. where they recommend one of the things is to just tell, or it might have been night terrors, tell people just to like learn to embrace it and go with it, and then it doesn't, because sometimes it can be a joyful experience. Right. It's not always terror. Yeah. And maybe if you roll with it, you can control it a little bit more.
0: It was a uh, it was exploding head syndrome. That, is that just it? just learning that it's actually harmless. Yeah, same thing. Like let people. Some people just got over it immediately, right? Um, and then other people, um, yeah, with this, have learned to actually enjoy like the feeling right. of levitating or yeah, floating. I would, and it all comes down to hearing that it's harmless. Yeah, and hearing that it's harmless relieves stress, and stress is actually what brings both of those things on. Yeah, so they're related in some way. And we'll uh, we'll get down to the scientific nitty gritty after this break, huh? Chuck, yes, sir. If you're trying to eat better, all right, dude. What's what's really going on here, old hags aside? <laughs>
1: uh, well, I guess we should talk about narcolepsy a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because this is one of the, I guess, side effects of narcolepsy. Um, there are actually a couple of them, sleep paralysis and then what's called vivid uh, hypnagogic hallucinations, uh, which is when you're falling asleep, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. And apparently, if you're narcoleptic, about 17 to 40% of narcoleptic or people who uh, have narcolepsy. Is it wrong to say
0: narcoleptic? Probably. Probably. I think with any any condition or disease. Don't like identify the person who yeah, has the not, disease. Right. Yeah. It's somebody with it. That's right. So somebody with
1: narcolepsy. Nice. And I nice. want to hear from you people by the way.
0: Some people who, who have narcolepsy will be like, oh, yeah, I'm a narcoleptic, I don't care. And other people will say like kudos right. for saying people <laughs> with narcolepsy.
1: Uh 17 to 40% experience sleep paralysis uh if you uh, are stricken with narcolepsy 20 to 40% experience those vivid hypnagogic hallucinations and um it pretty much is individual as far as uh as how much you're going to have these and how much you experience it whether you uh, have narcolepsy or not um but if you are non-narcoleptic uh in that population which is most people um, 20 to 60% uh, of those folks apparently will experience it at least one. That's right. It's a
0: pretty wide range. Some people experience, experience it very frequently. Um, and apparently if you have basically chronic, um, I th- yeah, I think it's called severe and chronic sleep paralysis. Right. So severe is um, where it happens like multiple times in a night. And then chronic is where that happens over a period of six months. Yeah. If you're one of those poor SOBs who has chronic severe sleep paralysis, uh-huh. this can happen to you like up to twelve times or more in a night.
1: Yeah, because when you go back to sleep, it'll happen all over again.
0: Right. Yeah. So that was one of the things when you're when if you're moving a finger or blinking an eye or making a sound, and you wake yourself up, you want to actually get out of bed and get up and move around to basically shake it off. Yeah. Because if you don't. You can fall back asleep, and the same thing's going to happen again and again. Then even more mind-boggling is this. One of the other traits of um, sleep paralysis are what are called false awakenings, right? Right. Which is some straight-up inception stuff.
1: Yeah, where you think you're awake and screaming, but you're not.
0: Right. Then you wake up and realize, oh, I was dreaming that I was awake and yes. experiencing sleep paralysis. So. It's a bit of a mind bender it is including that these false awakenings according to Professor French in that video can can be several layers deep yeah so when you have an a bout of sleep paralysis and you finally scream and wake up, you realize oh I was dreaming right mm-hmm. you might experience it again right. And then you do the same thing, and you, you you go through this multiple times until you finally actually do wake up. But you can go through sleep paralysis over and over again in different layers of a dream.
1: Yeah, and then you get up and you go to work at your stupid cubicle, and no one around you has any idea of the living hell that you're experiencing. Right.
0: Or just the amazing journey you've just been on with A-Rod.
1: <laughs> uh, one thing that really stinks is if, you know, to combat it, like you said, to get up and fully wake yourself up, that, that could screw you. If you have a hard time falling back asleep, you might be up for the night. Right. Uh, and this one person in here described the feedback loop of stress. A lot of times stress is what bring, brings it on. And then it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. that you're stressed out about what's going to happen, which makes it happen. And you're just thinking, oh, no, no, not, not again, not again, not again. And, of course, that's when it happens.
0: Right, right, right. So, like, the stress is messing up your sleep pattern, and that's where the whole thing comes from, right? So the first two guys who were described in the medical literature by Silas Weir and Mitchell um, as having sleep paralysis were actually healthy, but it was people with narcolepsy who ultimately led to basically the solving of the mystery of what sleep paralysis is. Yeah, And one of the characteristics of narcolepsy is something called sleep onset REM periods. Yeah, that... They
1: think that may be the key there.
0: I I think it's the key.
1: Yeah. So what that is, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about REM sleep. Uh, and that usually happens uh, about an hour or at least an hour or more uh, after you've fallen asleep. And what's happening here is is, Soremp, can we call it that? Uh, yes. <laughs> sleep onset REM periods is when you are experiencing this REM. Before that hour or so has passed, like right as you're falling asleep. Yeah. You go straight into that REM sleep.
0: So, like, I think in my own private Idaho, either Keanu Reeves or River Phoenix, when they, like, fell asleep. Yeah, one of those had narcolepsy, right? Yeah, one of them. I think so. Um, Like, their, their eyes kind of fluttered. I think it was River. Okay. So, like, that was a perfect perfect portrayal of narcolepsy because your eyes would flutter during REM sleep and it would happen immediately if you had sudden onset REM periods, right? Right. So the idea that somebody can fall asleep and immediately go into REM sleep rather than go through the sleep cycles Uh and stages like you're supposed to, that apparently is what accounts for or is associated very strongly with episodes of sleep paralysis. With people with narcolepsy with people who have soremps because right. you don't have to have narcolepsy to have sleep onset REM periods it's a it's a trait of narcolepsy but even people who who don't have narcolepsy can experience that and usually it's when you're very stressed and your sleep pattern is out of whack
1: yeah, I think what I was trying to say was that doesn't explain when you have a sleep paralysis episode coming out of sleep. Right. Which is the hypnopompic. Right. Uh, but I think it was probably, uh, who is it, Dr. French? French. Professor French? Uh-huh. Mr. French?
0: In the, <laughs> in the conservatory with the candlestick. Uh
1: Professor French, I think, reasons that it doesn't fully explain it but it could relate because it's a similar state of consciousness either way right falling asleep or waking up
0: yeah so basically exiting or entering rem sleep suddenly into this reality yeah can can be attended by an episode of sleep paralysis
1: yeah and they did some uh, studies in japan they actually elicited that sorp these are mean yeah <laughs> don't you think? Uh-huh. I don't know how they would do that, but they elicited sore in participants, uh, and they used sleep interruption. And nine point four percent of the ones induced had an episode of sleep paralysis.
0: Yeah, but that was that was um, going into sleep. Correct. They've not figured out how to how to, like you said, create it and bringing somebody out of REM sleep. But again, it's associated with it. And wh- yeah, what they think is going on is basically this when you when you suddenly go into REM sleep from waking life, your brain can get caught in this dual state of consciousness, yeah where your brain is consciously awake, but it's also in the exact same same um, state it's in when you're dreaming, which your dreams take place in REM sleep. So you're in two states of consciousness at once. That's amazing to me. Yeah. That's sleep paralysis. And the paralysis is explained by the fact that another hallmark of REM sleep is that you can't move. Your muscles are paralyzed. It's cataplexy, right? Um, So that you don't act out your dreams. So you're dreaming while you're awake. That's sleep paralysis.
1: Yeah. or As Dr. French says, uh, wakefulness has occurred, but the body and part of the brain are still in REM sleep. Nuts. It is. I can't. I want to have one of these.
0: Yeah, but it sounds so scary.
1: I mean, terror. I'm I'm up for it. Panic.
0: These are the words that are used
1: for it. I know. I want to have one, and I'm not taking it lightly for people that suffer from it. I know it can be awful. Oh yeah. But I would like to, like the exploding head thing. Like now I know what that feels like. Yeah. And I kind of like having these references in life. Okay. Like personal references, you know?
0: Sure. I remember we did the slinky episode. You went out and bought a slinky. (laughs) That's not true.
1: Um. So, like we said, how you can break it is by trying to move small things, clear your throat maybe. Um, aside from that, you can try and avoid it altogether by, if you're able to, have a really regular sleep schedule and stuff like that. But if you're, they make a good point. If you're traveling, if you're in different time zones, if yeah. you have to work the night shift. You have a kid? Yeah, exactly. Waking up all night, you might, uh, kind of be, you know, at the mercy of the sleep paralysis gods.
0: Yeah, I was, um, I was glad that they, they, put that in that realism because so many times whenever you're talking about a sleep disorder it's like the cdc recommends eating an apple a day and it's just like this is not helpful like this isn't real but this guy's like yeah you're you're in trouble when your sleep's all jacked up and you have sleep paralysis a lot yeah what else is there oh um with narcolepsy in particular and i mean there are drugs that you can take, but they don't necessarily work with sleep paralysis. With with narcolepsy, um, sodium oxybate is uh, prescribed, and I looked that up as GHB. Yeah, but that's
1: just for narcolepsy, not for sleep paralysis. Right. right. With the idea that if you cure the narcolepsy, then you won't have the sleep paralysis.
0: That, I think, is how you could cure it. But that's only if you have narcolepsy. Right. Not um, isolated sleep paralysis.
1: I think the official recommendation, aside from all the little tricks that we mentioned is like we said it's just, hey it's not going to hurt you um try and reframe how this is in your brain and don't be afraid of it welcome yeah. the incubus
0: yeah. what if the band incubus was what showed up in your room <laughs> while you had sleep paralysis well, i, just I don't like, want Man. that yeah you know, another way to treat this is for everybody to be nice to everybody else and cut down on everyone's stress. You never know who has sleep sure. paralysis. Yeah. They might think they're being abducted by UFOs and anally probed every night and are too freaked out to even mention it. Yeah. Which is another thing that um, Professor French points out. Like, we need to let people know about this. Because sure. the more people we know that this is actually harmless yeah. and fairly common, the less stressed they're going to be about it when it actually when they go to bed. So yeah. go out there. You tell somebody about sleep paralysis and then also be nice to everyone you meet. Yeah,
1: I posted a... There's a documentary about it. I um, can't remember the name right now, but I posted this documentary trailer mm-hmm. quite a while it, ago.
0: It's on Netflix. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but I, I know what you're talking about. Like the the dream? Uh, maybe. Something like that. It's got a pillow. But
1: um, I posted logo. on uh, Facebook a while ago mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people chimed in that had... Uh, Bouts of sleep paralysis. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, apparently it's very common.
1: Yeah. I went and looked through the comments today. It was pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. And I, my heart goes out to everybody. Same here. And hopefully
0: you've learned just to sort of live with it, be a dream sailor. You live with it. And it'd ride be- it out. That would be kind of cool, though. So would be like levitation on. Yeah. Control it. Mm-hmm. Incubus out. Succubus in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got anything else? No. Uh, if you want to um, learn more about sleep paralysis, well, just type those words in the search bar So we have a very limited amount here on how stuff works. So after you read Robert Lamb's great thing, go check out stuff on the internet, okay? Okay. Uh, and since I said whatever I just said, it's time for Listener Uh
1: Hey, guys. I've been a fan for years. I was introduced to you on a 24-hour road trip. My best friend, when I picked him up from the naval base and delivered him home, to spent the weekend with his family. Uh, By the time we were halfway home, I'd been awake for almost 30 hours. We still had six to go. Uh, My friend put on the latest episode of Stuff You Should Know, and we reveled in the gloriousness all the way there. Uh, Anyway, I wanted to write and say thank you for saving my butt. I am a neuropsychology major studying in Melbourne, Australia. I was uh, feeling very, very unprepared for an exam, but was reassured uh, by mother that my knowledge base was much wider than what I was taught in class, thanks entirely to my beloved and off reference Stuff You Should Know. I laughed at the time, but did a little merry jig at my desk when I opened my paper to find questions and answers that I knew,
0: thanks to you guys.
1: Uh, So thank you, and boy, he put seven exclamation points
0: there. Woo! that Uh, translates (laughs) into money in some parts of the world, you know.
1: Uh, Upon learning that I passed with flying colors, with a U, my mother caught, uh, bought me a card that on the front reads, I want to listen to all the podcasts you do. Hmm. For a moment, I thought that maybe uh, I talk about you guys too much, but promptly dismiss the idea. So thanks for the show, for the awesome podcast. Four exclamation points. <laughs> from one academic to several others, three exclamation points. Oh, it was starting to dwindle. Many, many thanks. That is from Tegan. Thanks, Tegan. Who... Uh, Describes herself, I guess Tegan's a lady's name, right? Sure. Um, as a nerdy neuropsych major from Melbourne.
0: Thanks a lot, Tegan. We appreciate that big time. And all the exclamation points. Those were very nice. She got a uh, little lazy toward the end, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> That's turned right. to trail off. Maybe she broke the key. Maybe she has narcolepsy. <laughs> Good point. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us like Tegan, uh, you can tweet to us at SYSK podcast. You can join us on facebook.com slash stuffyoushouldknow. You You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on
1: this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.